What is up, podcast community? My name is Cam King. This is Three Questions Podcast, episode number 54. Today, I have my good new good friend, Ali El Nimani from Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Ali works for a company. Uh, he just He's starting a new company, founder of a company called Allgram. We're going to talk all about that and his extremely interesting background as well. Ali, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me, Cam. No worries. My pleasure. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about Allgram, and then I'll get into more three questions podcast type stuff. Sure. So Allgram is a peer-to-peer communication application that essentially combines all aspects of your life into one application. You'll see a lot of these applications out there. A lot of them are centralized. Most of them, actually all of them are centralized. Uh, What we're trying to achieve here is decentralization of all of the data when it comes to communication, when it comes to uh, um, money transfers and, and transactions, when it comes to storing data. So so essentially, um, decentralization is the next era, has a huge impact on the environment, and uh, we hope that uh, uh, we achieve the impossible doing this. So I love having founders of new companies on the podcast, people doing really, really cool work and excelling in their career fields. Mostly this has been a marketing, advertising, sales, new business a little bit. And a lot of the the questions from my clients that have submitted, you know, more personal things on not jerking off or how to deal with emotions. And I love studying that stuff and talking about anatomy and physiology today. We're going to be mostly talking about cybersecurity. You dropped a lot of terms that I'm completely unfamiliar, unfamiliar with. So people listening on Spotify or if you're watching on YouTube, I'm very new to this game as well. So I'm going to need you to dumb it down a little bit for me in particular, but I would love to know if you're sort of ready to jump into the three questions or if there was other things you wanted to sort of hash out before we begin. Yeah, let's begin. I think we'll answer a lot of these questions uh, through the questions. Cool. Again, so how three questions podcast works for everybody listening. If this is your first episode, I will ask you a question. You'll have five minutes to answer. I'll just signal four minutes when you're getting close. You don't have to fill up all five minutes. We can make it conversational as well. But try to give the people listening and the viewers something to take away from. So whether you're talking about your experience or something that you learned, give them a tangible bite of something that they can take away from in the fields of cybersecurity or you know finding a side company or a startup or just life experience in general. So that's all I have for you. If you're ready, I'll just set my watch and we can begin. You good to go? Go ahead. All right, cool. So question number one, super simple and straightforward. Tell us all about Allgram and what your main objectives are for bringing such a solution to the market. Sure. So I've been in the technology and cybersecurity market for uh, 15 years now. Uh, and it's clear that those two domains are closely interconnected. Um, As technology advances, so do the threats and the cyber risks. Um, In this stage, communication is vital for either being connected with friends and family or for work reasons. Uh, We rely on technology heavily uh, to stay connected with each other. Social media is a part of our lives today um, and uh, a part of expressing ourselves. Uh, Unfortunately, all of these mechanisms Uh, to achieve communication or social connections are insecure and vulnerable. And that's due to the centralization of data. 
Um, and that's by design, right? Data today is more expensive than ever. Um, and selling people's data has become essentially the norm. Um, let me ask you a question, um, Cam. How many times have you Googled a product or a service uh, to learn about it uh, or even just talked about it while your phone is just laying there uh, next to you? And suddenly an advertisement uh, about the product or the service starts popping up on every application, including your Chrome browser, your Instagram, Facebook, and so on, or even YouTube, um, or any social media. How, how, how would you, has that happened to you before? Yeah. I fucking hate that. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> right. So I, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time and even more frequently now. So WhatsApp shares your metadata with Facebook and Instagram, uh, to enhance these targeted advertisements. We call them targeted advertisements, um, that you receive on, on those platforms. Um, you've got signal and telegram. They talk a lot about security. Well, they have data centers with centralized servers, um, and even though they, they truly commit to the end-to-end encryption mechanism, uh, they do hold your encryption keys, which means if and when they decide to access your data, uh, they can do so anytime. Uh, that's all from a privacy and security perspective. Uh, when it comes to the environmental perspective, uh, the more users you have on your platform, uh, the more these users obviously interact uh, the more they exchange images, videos, or links, and the more they post things, right? The larger the capacity uh, of these servers uh, need to be because you've got this tremendous amount of data that you need to host due to the centralization of the platforms. Um, this is where you would see data centers increasing in their size, ultimately even requiring their own generation facilities in some cases. Uh, so this is this this essentially tremendously increases the carbon footprint from both requiring uh, a tremendous amount of energy to run these data centers, but also from the size of the facility itself that's required to run these huge amounts of servers. Uh, Now, having said all that, we're bringing a unique application to the market that directly solves these two major issues, solving the privacy and security issues uh, that people are, are desperately needing but also uh, directly impacting sustainability. Uh, So at a high level, uh, we essentially leverage peer-to-peer communication, which is phone-to-phone or computer-to-computer technology with the decentralization matrix. So you don't have these central servers to host this massive amount of data, which allows us to leverage the client's devices themselves Uh, to host and run all aspects of the applications. Uh, The data and communication is encrypted. However, the users now get to generate and save their encryption keys. So they'll have a lot of these applications say end-to-end encryption, but who has my keys, my access to my data? And it's essentially the the organizations that develop the platform, they have access to these keys. So that's number one. Number two, uh, we were able to track uh, or crack the code on, on the digital ID functionality, leveraging the blockchain itself for, for additional security to host personal uh, identification data. This essentially enables the users to validate themselves um, in order to either show others that they are communicating with who they say they are. If somebody takes your phone or somebody uh, hacks your phone and, and gets into your numbers and 
and they're able to to validate that say that they're you uh, with this digital id technology you you could truly validate this this is this person i'm speaking with is who they say they are or if they want to transact send and receive uh money uh, through the application and then finally the on the sustainability side we don't need data centers to host our application regardless of the amount of users that we get this is purely because of the decentralized approach matrix that we have so really exciting stuff that we're working on here Ken. i mean it's fascinating like you just gave me the heebie-jeebies about where my personal data goes and i have no fucking idea right my phone's sitting here listening to me talk about all sorts of nonsense so i'm glad that somebody is concerned about this because more people definitely should be concerned about where their data is going and who's it going to and how it's being used eventually all of that is going to be i fear potentially used against us it's, it's already being used to manipulate us to buy stuff to make us think about certain things we see that with social media it's so hard to differentiate what's true and what's false and who's right and who's wrong right Ugh, today i saw a clip on instagram it, it grossed me out it was joe rogan saying some hellacious stuff and i could tell it was ai but it was still pretty good right so now people's even celebrities voices are sort of being used to sort of curtail us and all this data is just what the potential for that is terrifying that's all i'm going to say about it i can't speak enough about it you obviously are clearly more educated in this arena than i will ever be so let's hop into question number two and that is straight up that innovation often comes with challenges what are some of the key obstacles or hurdles that Allgram has encountered and how have you addressed these specific challenges? Yeah, so so we're a cross-platform application. Cross-platform means uh, you develop once and it's, it's available for iOS, Android, uh, Google, and a desktop application with peer-to-peer -peer connections, which means directly phone-to-phone, computer-to-computer, um, distributed data storage. So if you're storing your data, it's not going to a central server like it usually is. There's a there's a, a matrix of nodes where your data is dissected, encrypted, and it's just spread out across um, so many different nodes. Uh, we leverage the blockchain with neural networks on the device level itself, since we have no server involved in the storage. And on top of it all, uh, we have a very complex triple encryption mechanism that allows users uh, themselves to generate and save their encryption keys. So many challenges, as you can see, across every aspect of the application. You'll see many applications today would come out and say, hey, we're peer-to-peer, -peer, but they could only do uh, potentially small doses of messages. Um, we're a communication tool, right? Messaging, social media, calls, all of the above. Um, so some are actually uh, related to, um, uh, and, and some, some other challenges are also related to uh, user errors, right? It's very easy for us to just develop a platform such as WhatsApp or Signal, uh, where we automate the encryption generation mechanism and we just save it to our cloud and be done. However, we wanted the end user to hold the power and the access to their keys and their data. Uh, that's what's what really differentiates us from from others out there. Uh, we've been through many challenges uh, on the technical side, as mentioned here, and on the usability side from a user uh, utilizing the app as well. But 
we're really trail, trailblazing through all of it. Um, obviously, um, we will have the opportunity to open this platform out uh, to the public. Essentially, the first 1,000 users will be grandfathered in um, and allowing some intensive testing of the platform before we fully release it uh, globally. Uh, but there's quite a bit of challenges that we, we, um, we go through every day. We have a phenomenal team. Um, some of the smartest people on earth really working on the platform. Uh, we also want to empower developers uh, to custom create and upload uh, unique backgrounds, emojis, stickers. Uh, a lot of people love love to interact. They love to have unique things uh, in their applications when they're sending messages or, or uh, uh, communicating on social media. Um, and also have the ability to sell those right through a marketplace. Uh, which also will seamlessly be integrated into the application. So we've got so many moving parts here. Uh, and uh, in addition to ensuring that our core values of the security and privacy and sustainability are all, all in one place. So my big question for you is why isn't there anybody that's done this before? So there's, that's a really really heavy question <clears throat> i think we've had we've had uh, uh, we've had people who, who have tried obviously the the knowledge itself uh building the right team and having these different aspects of the teams together um let me answer this differently you've got the googles and the uh the giants of the world the facebooks and so on um Essentially, they're not going to go and create a whole new tool from scratch, right? They've got their user base. They've got billions of users. Um, now, they it, it's almost impossible for them to go back and redevelop this tool differently, right? Their entire business models are built on how do we make more money, and it's leveraging people's data, right? This is how they make their money. Um, the more Facebook, if you're on Facebook, the advertisements, you click on one, they make money. Um, when they sell things through through their marketplace, they're making money. So how do they leverage? How can they love you? Their data is money, right? So it's not their advantage, first of all, to create something like that. But when the need is there and people like you and I who care so much about our privacy and security, when I'm speaking with my wife, when I'm speaking with my friends um, and not knowing that a picture that I sent to my friend is, is is hosted somewhere on a server that could be compromised. And, uh, you know, these things are important to a lot of people. And uh, um, I feel that a lot of these aspects have not been thought through yet. Uh, that's one aspect. Another one was what I mentioned about, hey, if we're not using people's data, then how are we making money? But there are so many other ways and business models that we're working on developing for, for generating revenue to uh to uh to not just our people but also to to our investors i love that i think that's a that's a good answer again keeping it high level and for my simpleton brain in terms of <laughs> this this niche of business uh let's hop to question number three okay and i was kind of wondering this myself you laid it on it before the call and earlier on in the call but why is this important to the general public like why should people care about what the potential of all gram is why should people care who cares yeah so I, I would again just reiterate a little bit my initial point regarding privacy and security we live in a digital age right where communication is essential part of our lives 
Um, there are consequences when messages are compromised. Um, if you're talking about the medical industry, for example, if a doctor's message is compromised and altered, it could be life-threatening. Right? People uh, want uh, advertisement-free social media that doesn't invade their privacy. Um, and uh, what families discuss at home, as I, as I mentioned earlier, um, Allgram uh, isn't about just connecting people. It's about ensuring that every conversation, picture shared, video or call made, is private and secure. So um, uh, that's that's one aspect. The other aspect is the digital ID perspective, right? So a lot of countries around the world are started starting to integrate the digital identity. Nobody's carrying a wallet with their picture IDs uh, in, in some of these countries anymore. Everybody carries a phone. You can make a payment through your phone. Why can't my ID also be on my phone? So the challenge with that is that there hasn't been um, an organization that has cracked the code on securing the data for the digital identity. And we feel like we're on track to uh, certainly achieving that through our blockchain hosting uh, capabilities and our matrix uh, um, approach for security. So uh, yeah, lots of exciting things. Uh, um, it's if you care about your privacy, if you care about the security of your information, if you're a business uh, sharing IP, uh, communicating about certain topics within your organization, um, you certainly want to have a decentralized approach where if somebody compromises that central um, server or central, central communication point, they don't get access to, to your data. They would get some sort of encrypted piecemeal access that they can't make uh, uh, um, a reason from. So this is what I would but say. I totally agree with you. I feel like most people don't really give a shit about this stuff until it happens to them or their identity gets taken, right? Or somebody logged into their Instagram account and they're like, what the fuck, right? Nobody wants somebody reading their DMs or going through that stuff. So I think what you're doing is very important. Also, another really good point that you brought up, everyone does want ad-free social media. And if you're as old as I am, you remember when social media first came out and there was no advertisements. And those were a great number of years. I still remember the original Instagram logo that very few people listening to this probably will, but Instagram used to be time-blocked. Like it was based upon, you know, the latest post. It wasn't algorithm based at that time. That word wasn't even invented yet, I'm pretty sure. And it was just about who posted and what time. And then you could go back minutes, hours, days, whatever. Um, and those those were the good old days. I didn't realize it back then, but those are the good old days. You just put whatever you thought up there and you didn't think that it would be on the internet forever. And here we are in 2023, more like, you know, 1984 than I ever thought. But um where do you see the world going, right? Like real quick, high level. With this, you said digital IDs. Do you see this being implants for people? Do you see it being a cashless society? Do you see this social credit system? Like let's let's kind of get a little conspiracy theory here. I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, the implant perspective, I think that's, uh, I feel that's a little overboard. I mean, I, I don't want to implant anything, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, I feel bad when animals get get the implants, let alone uh, humans. Um, I feel that yes, uh, we, we live in a digital world, right? Everything is becoming very, very digitized. Uh, glasses, these digital glasses, might be 
if if they're convenient, if they're 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 easy to wear and they don't cause any um, any any issues for people who wear glasses, um, those might be the next steps. The lenses are also a bit too much, uh, but honestly, everybody's got a phone. The, the the next immediate five to ten years from now is that we're going to integrate all of asp- your aspects of your life into your phone. Essentially, your ID, your passport is just a um, your identity is is validated through your phone and it's secured through your phone, and it's not sitting in a centralized server somewhere that could potentially. Uh, be uh, compromised uh, through uh, it, whether it's nation state or non-nation state just to get people's data. Uh, the world is needs to be a lot more secure. Communication needs to be secure. And your identities need to be a lot more secure, especially if you're traveling and, and or driving around. Yeah, I really appreciate people like you in the world who are working on this sort of thing because there's a whole lot more of them that want to steal and take and do all this the amount of times i was in italy and i've had my you know debit card or credit card number stolen and a bunch of money ripped out i i really appreciate and i'm grateful for people like you who have these innovative ideas and have these passions and want to bring this sort of stuff to the world and i think more people need to hear about it and understand it for more people to care about it and also get into to this because it's it's a very selfless endeavor right obviously you're you want to be the change that you wish to see in the world Thus, you've created this, and I wish you the utmost success in your your future endeavors. I'd love to have you on in a couple months after things sort of take off. Feel free to come back in, listen to any episodes, submit questions. If you have, obviously, marketing and advertising questions, that tends to be more, more of my neck of the woods. I love that stuff, but you know uh, about my background from our, our previous conversations. But Ali, anything else you'd like to say before we part ways? Oh. Thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, the more the merrier. It's it's very informal, as you can tell. But I hope this really impacts somebody out there. If you have key takeaways, obviously send your little bio to me where people can reach out to you, connect with you. I'll eventually be putting this out on all the Three Questions podcast channels. If you want to submit questions to Three Questions podcast, it is just threequestionspodcast at gmail.com. I think on Instagram, it's underscore three questions podcast. And I just started a t- TikTok for this as well. Uh, maybe that's underscore three questions podcast or just at three questions podcast. But obviously you can find it on LinkedIn. You can find it on Facebook. There's pages for both of those. And then it has a separate YouTube channel. So just search three questions podcast. This is not the Andy Richter one. I guess Conan O'Brien also has a three questions podcast. I started this before I even knew about it. I did zero brand research. So bad on me, but uh, it's turning out pretty well. So maybe we'll get them on the podcast at some point too. eh? Um, Ali, I really appreciate you. This has been episode 54 of TQP and I will see you guys in the next one.